God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe of, of Christians, Christians broadcast, broadcast either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I'm your host, the Chief Sinner. The Lord has given me a prophetic word concerning judgment coming to New York. I'm going to read that word to you and talk about what the Lord has been showing me so far in these past few weeks concerning the legalization of late-term abortion, the Revelation 12 sign, and the remnant of people God is birthing for a time such as this. A lot has happened since my last message that I shared with you guys. In that last podcast message, I revealed the prophetic meaning behind the Hebrew year of 5779 or 2019. And it's absolutely crazy how much has happened in such a short period of time within these last two months or so since I published that word. I talked a lot about the Hebrew alphabet letter of Tet, which is nine, which is also, yeah, which is the number nine. And if you haven't already, you're going to definitely want to go back and listen to that message and that word. It's absolutely crucial in understanding this message. It's going to include some incredible details that you don't want to miss. So if you get a chance, I would encourage to go back and listen to that message just so you don't miss any details or significance of what's going on, including in this message. Also, I published it in video format on our Facebook page at Tribe of Christians. Um, at the moment, our website is currently down. We're going through Facebook, so you just kind of have to bear with us. We're also on YouTube until we get our website back up and running. But if you go back on our Facebook page, A Tribe of Christians, you can see and hear, li listen to this message in video format, which I've included some incredible graphics for you guys, and it helps to make a lot of sense of what's going on. So in my last message, I was talking about the Hebrew meaning, the prophetic meaning of the Hebrew year of 5779, which is 2019, in the significance of the number nine, which is the symbol of Tet. If you pull up that number, you do a Google search and you're looking at it, the Hebrew letter Tet is a paradoxical letter, meaning that it has two meanings or two possible different outcomes depending on your perspective or the subject of that message. So in the first message or in the first meaning, it resembles a serpent. And then in the second meaning, it resembles, it can either represent either a pregnant woman, 
kind of giving birth, or a crowned man with the sword of God. But personally, I think the two go together hand in hand, the woman and the sword. It is connected to the Revelation 12 sign, which also include two signs which are in the heavens, one of a pregnant woman who's giving birth to a child, and also a second sign was the dragon who stood ready to devour that child which which was born. Now, I say this in every single episode that there is no such thing as a coincidence. We are literally seeing these signs being fulfilled right in front of our very own eyes. I talked about this in detail in that last message. You're going to definitely want to check it out. But these things are being played out right in front of us. And I warned in my last message that there was coming a great fight for the lives of the unborn. Because God is birthing a generation that will represent a great sign to him and a great sign to the earth of the Lord's faithfulness to fulfill his word. Literally about five or six days after I published that word, what happens? New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo legalized late-term abortions, allowing the murder of an unborn child right up until the very hour of their due date, and they legalized it in the name of women's health rights. Now, the entire nation saw this and what happened, and they watched that video where you can see all these evil legislatures who were applauding and cheering the celebration of this evil, wicked bill that was passed. And it's being talked about all over the nation on every major social network and news media outlets. But I showed you long time ago, maybe over a year ago, I showed you before all of this ever happened that the fi- about the fight concerning the confirmation of the Supreme Court Judge Kavanaugh. The Lord gave me a word about that too a long time ago, and I shared that with you guys. You can look that up on our Facebook page as well. Everything is playing out exactly as the Lord said it would. It's happening right here, right now, and there's no going back. We are right in the middle of it. And when that happened, when they passed and signed that evil law, and it's being broadcast as this great praise report among these liberals, my wife and I saw it, and we just broke down and bitterly wept for hours in tears, and I wept. And even though I knew it was coming, I still wept. I I couldn't help but to relate to the prophet Jeremiah seeing this evil things that his people were doing and knowing what kind of destruction that was going to bring on Jerusalem and the nation of Israel on his people. I was weeping so much. And for those of you who regularly listen to the Tribe of Christians podcast, and you are wondering why in the world I haven't published anything yet or why it's taken this long, I want to tell you that it was because I've spent the last few weeks in deep prayer waiting for the Lord to respond. I knew that the Lord had a response for this, and the Lord did respond. I didn't want to go in there and just publish anything. I wanted to be sure and be certain what the Lord had to say about this, and he gave me a very detailed and specific word. But then I prayed not only about the word that I got, but I prayed about the affirmation of that word because I carry, I don't just carry, when the Lord gives me a word, I don't carry it lightly, but I carry it with great sensitivity and with great respect and reverence and I pray about it. There are passages in scriptures 
in the Bible that talk about not uttering anything before the Lord's presence, but actually being slow to speak, you know, to be quick to listen and to really consider our words before we ever really speak them. And a lot of us, we even quote the book of James talking about our tongue and the things in which we speak. So whenever I get these words, I really, I don't rush in to speak them, but I actually um, pray about them and I really consider it and wait on the timing of it before it's spoken. So what I did was after a week or so of getting this word, because it's a very heavy word, I called up some other fellow pastors that I trust and that I know personally, and I read them this word. And each person whom I read the word to and I prayed about with has been in complete agreement about the word. And in fact, some of them actually verified that they were receiving the very same things themselves. So... For a while, for a few weeks, I was praying about the affirmation of this word, for the Lord to confirm it, and for the delivery of this word, and for the Lord to reveal that everything spoken was going to come to pass and that it was true. And when I was praying about this, it was revealed that the Lord actually affirmed this word to me three and four years ago. And I had to back up and I had to pull up those words to see it for myself. And it's incredibly astonishing, the timing of it all, that here we are, here I was two or three years ago. The Lord was preparing me. He was speaking to me. He was giving me dreams and visions and words and revelations several years ago, all in preparation for this time, this place right here and right now, so that when the time would come, that I would know that it was from the Lord and it was true. So if you're following us on Facebook, I actually just published this stuff on our page concerning the judgment which is coming to New York. And I posted uh, the previous words along with it. You can go back and look it up. And I got the screenshots of when I had published previous words years ago. And it's incredible. So in some of you out there, you have a prophetic gift and you've got a prophetic calling to serve and this is a great example of how God speaks and uses that gifting and preparation for something that he's going to do in the future. There isn't really a specific set manual out there to teach you how to prophesy or discern the words of the Lord. I believe each gift is tailored specifically to the person. And it's like any other gifting or talent. It takes practice. It takes edifying. It takes faith for that gift to be moved to the point to where you feel confident and ready to start acting upon that calling or ministry in which the Lord has given you. But sometimes it can be really disappointing when you get a word in many days or months or even Years pass by from that word, and you don't see it come to pass yet. But to be honest, a lot of these words, I oftentimes will just, I, when I get it, and after I pray about it, I'll publish it, and then I move on. I publish it and move on. I forget about it, and I move forward. And then when the time comes where God begins to fulfill those words, the Lord brings them to my attention, and He shows me their fulfillment. You know, if you look at this example that God gives in Jeremiah chapter 1, he gives this great example through the prophet Jeremiah in chapters 1, 9 through 12, where the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and the Lord asks him, what do you see? And he says that I see a branch of an almond tree. 
And then the Lord says to him, you see correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Also in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which that I have sent it. God is always watching over his word to fulfill it, and he is faithful to fulfill it always faithful and rather if his word is coming out of god's mouth or his words are coming out of your mouth either way regardless of who is speaking it it is still just as powerful as if it was god himself speaking it because those are his words and his words are fulfilled and that's the temptation right right now the struggle the thing that a lot of Christians are struggling with right now, and they're looking at everything going on in the world, and they're not seeing the prosperity of these words being fulfilled. They're not seeing the uh, prosperity of good happening. They're looking more to evil, and then that's where a lot of people are getting snagged up, where they're getting taken out of the fight because they look, they see all this evil happening and then they don't see any point in serving God and serving a faith because they say to themselves, what is the point? Why serve if there is no justice, if God's word isn't prospering, if evil prevails? Now, this was the very same predicament which led to a series of judgments that fell upon Israel right after the rebuilding of their second temple and where they were experiencing famines and plagues right after God gives the people of Israel a great victory. And bringing them back from Babylon captivity, what do they do? They begin treating the Lord's offering and sacrifices with contempt. They begin robbing the Lord of his tithes, and they stop seeking after him. And how relevant is that today? Almost 20 years ago, we saw the fall of the Twin Towers on the horrific attacks of 9-11, which followed with nearly 12 years of war in Iraq and Africa. Afghanistan, the longest sustained war the United States has ever been in. Seven years after that, we saw the housing collapse of 2008, which led to one of the greatest depressions this nation has ever faced. We didn't start to see a comeback until after the election of President Donald Trump in 2016. 2012, New York was hit by Hurricane Sandy, and in some parts of New York City, they still have not recovered from it. Seven years after Hurricane Sandy, and then nearly 19 to 20 years after 9-11, and yet here we are again, regressing back to our sinful ways. Take a look at what God says in Malachi to Israel about their regression and what was going on. Malachi 3, 13 through 17. Now you said it's fertile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Interesting in love, you know, looking back, God absolutely most assuredly punished the Assyrians. God also punished the Babylonians through the Persians, the Medes and Persians. And that's how God used God used other evil rulers to come back and destroy these other kingdoms. So make no mistake about it that God is faithful and he does punish the wicked. Now this next part about Malachi, which I absolutely love, I believe 100% has to do with the times and what we are living in. God goes later to talk about this faithful remnant of people who are still faithfully serving the Lord and faithfully are committed to him in their hearts. And he says, starting in 16, 
Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened, and he heard. I absolutely love that part, you know, because the Lord is listening to us. He hears us. And then a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Okay, that's a phrase. In the day when I act concerning the end times, when God's fulfilling and bringing about his word says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked when those who serve God and those who do not. And interestingly, after Malachi was a 400-year famine of God's word against Israel where he didn't speak at all until you know Jesus came onto the scene and then the Greeks and the Romans rose up against Israel and against you know all these uh, nations rising up against one another. And because Israel rejected Christ, their temple and the city was completely destroyed. They ended up being scattered all over the earth again. And they weren't actually, in fact, returned, until, returned to Israel until 1948. So his word most definitely came to pass. So we can be sure, we can trust that if God holds his own people accountable, the nation of Israel, how much more will God hold the Gentile nations accountable for violating the law against God and his word? He is true. He's absolutely faithful to his word. And this is the very point. This is the purpose of faith. This is the purpose of our faith in Christ in this present time. It divides the real Christians from the fake ones. And as I stated before, division has hit the United States to draw a dividing line as to separate the real from the fake, the true from the false. Those who are faithfully serving are going to be the ones whom God blesses. They are the ones who are going to receive the gracious anointing which falls upon them. Those are the ones who will be leading the revivals and the power of God rest upon, while the others won't have anything to say or participate in the power and the anointing of God, and they're going to be left out. Because revival is coming. Another great outpouring of the Spirit is coming. Judgment is coming. God's word is absolutely true. It can't be mocked. And before Babylon came against Israel, you know, at that time, it was interesting because false prophets were rising up and they were prophesying. They were misleading and lying to the people. They were saying, don't worry, no harm is going to come. There is peace, there's prosperity, there's safety. Nothing is going to happen. And it was through those prophets of Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel where they warned against these false prophets and not to believe them. They said, God indeed is faithful and just. He will fulfill his words. And sure enough, he absolutely fulfilled them. They came to pass. Now, you can't have a massive genocide of unborn babies. You can't have a massive falling away that's compared to Sodom and Gomorrah and not believe that God of all creation of heaven and earth, God, the Holy One, the Most High, isn't going to act because He most certainly is going to. Now, I'm usually not a doomsayer. I don't like to preach doom and gloom gospel, but rather I preach hope. And my hope in this very situation, in our only hope in this situation, is in Jesus Christ. And through the repentance, through the obedience and faith to Jesus in his words, it isn't enough to profess him as Lord and Savior. 
But as James say, you know, faith is accompanied by our actions. We must be obedient to his words. We must abide in them. Jesus says, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. But any tree that does not bear fruit is cut off. We live by his words and prove faithful. We have to prove faithful and true to them. What good is it to say that Jesus is Lord and Savior, Savior, but yet our lives produce no evidence of it? In our words, contradict our beliefs and convictions. What good is it for Christians to declare the kingdom of Christ is at the very midst of us, but we are refusing to be that kingdom. We're refusing to act upon his commands and his words, and we refuse to take care of our sick. We're refusing to take care of our poor, We and we go out and live recklessly against the very sins and condemnation that we claim to be saved by. What good is it? So the New York State governor signs this late-term abortion bill into law. And the entire New York Assembly is praising and cheering for this absolute wicked thing that has happened. And then I began praying and seeking night and day from the Lord concerning what has happened. And I believe that this is the very exact reason why God has placed my wife and I right here in New York City at this time and place to be a very witness of his word against such a evil and wicked city. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I fasted. And then finally his word came to me as swift and surely as the sun rises and sets. And the other day, the other day I was talking about a Dave Wilkerson prophecy, prophecy, which was concerning the destruction of New York City. And then a good friend of mine who claims to have this, the prophet of gifting comes to me on Facebook and he says that my brother, our prayer should always be Lord, withhold your wrath and judgment, spare your people. And I tell you, I have never heard such an ignorant and doubtful statement in my entire life. Absolutely ignorant. Of course, no one wants to see disaster. Nobody wants to see harm come. But the Lord is absolutely true and faithful to himself. He can't deny himself. He absolutely can't. You can't, ex- you can't expect to do such evil and wicked things and not believe the Lord in what he condemns against such acts. So I said to him, my, my prayer is always, holy be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done here on earth as it is where you are in heaven. The prayer Jesus modeled for us, rather if it's by grace or judgment, the Lord's will will be done, his words will be fulfilled. And I honestly most deeply pray and I hope that his people, the Lord's people here on earth, his church right here in New York City, repent from their ways and are saved. For their sake, I pray and hope that they stop neglecting the kingdom in which Christ has given to them, that they start speaking with the mouth God gave them, that they start listening with the ears he gave them. They acted with their hands and feet that they were given because if the church was doing what the church was supposed supposed to do in New York, this would not have happened. The Lord's people would not have voted in these evil leaders and these evil people. But look at what has happened. Look at the fruit of New York in New York City. So a few weeks passed by of praying and everything, and I posted prayer requests after, you know, a few weeks had passed by once I had gotten this word, and I posted prayer requests for the word, and this man comes back to me again on Facebook, the same man that just, uh, you know, ridiculed me earlier, and he says, for the sake of the elect, may God, uh, 
withhold his judgment for the sake of the elect. And man, oh man, the Holy Spirit came down like fire falling upon me like it did on Elijah's offering. And it burned me up. And the Spirit of the Lord said to the man through the man, judgment has fallen on New York because of the elect. The Lord is holding the churches in New York accountable for what has happened. So now I'm going to read to you the word of the Lord in which he spoke to me by his Holy Spirit. And I assure you that this word has been affirmed and it's been affirmed over seven times numerously. So here's the word in which the Spirit of the Lord came to me Monday, February 11th at 11 a.m. I was right at work when it came. So the word of the Lord says, the Spirit of the Lord says to the churches in New York, I, the Lord God, am like a false idol to you. You worship me neither in truth or in obedience. Since you are deaf to me, I have become deaf to you. How you point out the wickedness around you, and yet you are the center of them. A home is built upon a foundation, and what grows upon it comes from what is planted beneath. For out of one seed produces a harvest, and what good is a poisonous fruit other than for death? For I, the Lord God, have sent many to you. I sent them as foreigners to stand out to you. A good seed recognizes a good fruit, but you have become accustomed to eating trash. You've acquired the taste of rot. You prefer neither what is good to eat or fresh to drink. You are like the addict who has no control, giving way to desire and habit. You are like the drunken fool who squanders away their wealth and has become homeless. For I am like a wasteland to you where you store your garbage for it stench has blotched stain undesirable undesirable and thrown away do you not know that in the days of kings whom i appointed over israel i held accountable for the people who is responsible for the evil in which your leaders do you ask for is it not you whom appointed these leaders to rule over yourselves it is it not your leaders who do the will of your people but yet my people do my will, for I have appointed them as you have appointed those for yourselves. See the reward for your labors, the fruit of your harvest, for evil people produce an evil harvest. What is it that you say? But when did I appoint such people? Surely I tell you, have, you, have I not appointed you as rulers over my kingdom according to my will? Had you fed and clothed your neighbors? Had you prayed and loved your enemies? Had you taken care of your homeless and your orphans? Had you loved them as I have loved you? They would not have looked to another reward, but would have found shelter and refuge in my kingdom. Therefore, your reward is the reward for your labors. This is the harvest in which you have produced. See now that I have set you as an example of the rest of your nation for all to see that what was done in secret is now done and praised in broad daylight. You have brought ridicule and judgment upon yourselves. For my people flee from wickedness. I have sent a sign to them that they may depart from you and my presence be removed. For I gave you a mouth and tongue, but you do not speak. I gave you hands and feet, but you did not act. I gave you ears and eyes, but you did not hear or see. For I have sent you a sign to your shores to speak to you, that sand by the ocean erodes, but it is preserved in the wilderness. And how can what has been removed be replenished? 
if it is not taken from somewhere else. But who else will give to you to replenish since it quickly erodes? So I shall do to you like what the sea does to the sand. For you have been like the sea, eroding all that I have sent. And see that I not leave any foundation left, or else you may build up again. So I'm going to break down this word for you and show its meaning to you help explain it because if uh, unless you're living here in new york in new york city and you're seeing this firsthand with these churches it's going to be hard to understand exactly what's going on but luckily my wife and i are here in new york city we've witnessed it many others are witnessing it and we can witness and attest to this so uh, i'm going to try to help explain what this means now the lord is saying this first part that he's being treated like a false idol by his people which is interesting because I don't think I've ever heard him say something like that in his scripture. Um, and the thing is, is that false idols are fake. They're powerless. They uh, they have no power to save or administer justice. And you think about the idols that were made by the uh, you know the pagans and stuff in the times of Israel and the Babylonians. They made these idols to serve for their own purposes, uh, to serve for their own needs, but uh, they're completely useless uh, because they're false and they're not true. But yet this is the mindset that these churches and these Christians have here in New York concerning God, that God's kind of like a caterer. They've kind of sculpted him into an idol and something that's not even true or that's um, not true or accurate. They've made God into being a sort of a false God. So the churches in New York, they don't worship the Lord in truth or in obedience. Now I can tell you, like I said, firsthand living here in New York City for the last four years, that this is 100% accurate and true. That people, these Christians, they go to church on Sunday and praise the Lord or whatever, and then they turn around and vote the very next day for abortion and the leaders who support support those abortions. And one of the things that I never quite understood is you have some of the largest mega churches here in New York City with millions of people. I've talked about this in my last and other podcasts, how there are millions and thousands of these mega churches and Christians right here in New York City. And surely if there are this many churches um, and Christians and it's interesting. Something else to note here is that, you know, you, one day my wife and I were taking a drive down Brooklyn and I swear every other like there were like three churches on one block radius. And it seemed that there was a church on every corner or every other building was some sort of a church. There's thousands of churches here and thousands of these Christians and all these mega churches. But yet these people are still voting for such evil and wicked leaders. Now, there's another example. I'll tell you something more personally that happened just recently concerning uh, a church with the abortion stuff going on here in New York. Now, I kid you not, the very community church which my wife and I used to belong to, okay, we left the church because of this. My wife and I used to belong to and were attending, this church accepted large donations from a local restaurant in which the one of the co-owners is a councilwoman that represents the community. And this councilwoman co-sponsored, signed, and voted for the late-term abortion bill that passed in New York. And my wife and I, we found out, we got word of this 
this revelation, man, it was like a uh, something hitting the very pit of my stomach, just making me sick. And I got this revelation, and I sent warning to the church. Maybe they weren't aware about it. Maybe they didn't know about it. But the Lord revealed it to us, and my wife sent the pastor a message giving you know giving him the revelation and warning him to pray and consider meeting with the board to return that money back. And then th- about three weeks passed by. We didn't hear anything. And then we we uh, were attending a marriage class with some other married couples. And then the pastor's wife actually sends my wife a message concerning the marriage class coming up. And she actually acknowledged that we do not support that business because of what happened, and which is a restaurant. And apparently the restaurant was going to cater for this marriage class. So she goes as far as to suggest that we bring our own food since they were catering the event. And that was just absolutely just the most wicked thing I've ever heard coming from a pastor, a pastor's wife. And, you know, my wife actually met with that pastor yesterday to explain the revelation and to plead with them. And this pastor essentially tells my wife that she has no voice that she doesn't matter and um and just brought up a bunch of just ignorant and untruthful things and attacked us so we made our decision we can't support a church we can't uh attend and support a church where whose finances go to supporting leaders that have um supported this abortion bill just absolutely wicked now the next part of this word that really hit me to the core is that the Lord is saying that the churches here in New York have treated the Lord like a wasteland, like a landfill, a garbage dump, essentially, where they show up on Sunday dumping off their garbage and all of their sins, and then on the way out of church, again, to commit the very same sins that they sought forgiveness for. It reminds me of the scripture where it says, you know, a man, a man it's like a man, a man who uh, doubts, is like a man who looks in the mirror and then walks away forgetting who he is. No one wants to be treated like a landfill, like a garbage dump. And maybe you can relate to that. I know I can. I most certainly can. When there are some people, you know, there's some people that only call you up when they need something, right? You know, but when you want to hang out with them, when you want to fellowship with them or something like that, then they're nowhere to be found. Those aren't your true friends, which leads to this other part. Now, the Lord describes his people in New York City like addicts like alcoholics, like drunk drunkards squandering away their wealth, like the person that goes to the Lord, they get their fixed and they're, they're high in the Lord or whatever it is, and then they go right back out there to relive the same exact sins, the same exact addictions and, and everything else in, um, in that evil destruction which is destroying their lives and which they went to be saved from. Now, the Bible tells us that the wages for sin is death. Anyone that knows anybody who's a drug addict or who was delivered from drug addiction understands this more than anybody what this means. Addicts don't care about anyone except their next fix or the next high, unfortunately. And the Lord did not call us to act in recklessness like an addict, but the fruit of the Lord is self-control love and gentleness meekness wisdom now this other part of the word where the lord is using the example of how he held the kings of israel accountable for their sins and the leadership so therefore because god has entrusted the kingdom to us where we here on earth are the stewards of his kingdom here 
He is holding us accountable for what is being done. This is nothing new. And there are numerous examples in the Bible, New and Old Testament, even when God held King David accountable for his sins and for his leadership. Even in one instance where David had committed a sin through through his pride in the senses in which he conducted, um, God had sent, and it's in some instances it's uh, named as an angel of the Lord, and other um, contexts it mentions Satan to deliver plagues on people, and seventy thousand people died because of that particular sin which David committed. So this last part of this word has to do with a, again, a very specific sign relating to New York City that he has sent. And ever since Hurricane Sandy, which hit in New York in 2012, there are areas and parts of New York City that have struggled to keep up with maintaining their beaches and the sand in the beaches. And to where sand has been eroding so fast that they can't keep up. You know, you can actually go on on Google. You can Google research about the beach erosion issues ever since Sandy. And you'll find numerous, uh, numerous media outlets that have written articles about what's going on. And folks uh, here in New York like to blame the mayor. They like to blame politicians and all kinds of different things. And they uh, blame the construction. But really, when it comes right down to it, according to this word that I received, that this was done, this was the Lord's doing, and it was done to act as a sign. So that the, you know, it shows that the beaches have been eroding so very quickly. And the Lord is using that symbolically to represent the people he has sent into New York. Also, something else that I forgot to mention that has been also happening here in New York City. Some of you might know this, but there has been a this like this massive migration of pastors and evangelists in New York City, especially from Texas, who have felt led and called to come to New York City to preach the gospel. And in fact, I am I'm actually also am from Texas and I'm a part of that group, but there is many, many of us who have felt called and led to come here. You know, not completely understanding what's going on, not having the complete revelation, but just knowing that there is an urgency to preach. And I've met numerous of these pastors and evangelists who have come here from all over Texas not knowing one another, yet all of them have been coming at the same exact time to preach. And I can count at least 10 to 15 pastors offhand that I know of that all showed up in New York City around the same time within the last five to six years. And the interesting thing about New York City is that you can tell the difference between a tourist and a native. That's another thing uh, that people living here in New York City can will tell you that there is a big difference between the two and you can recognize it. You know, the tourists in New York City, they stand out like a sore thumb. You can easily identify them right away and they're usually targets for all kinds of stuff and scams and everything. Um, and they have the amazement look on their faces at all the buildings and the attractions. You can tell right away and their phones are always out. Sometimes they're lost. They have that look on the face like they don't know where they're at or where they're going. And a lot of them uh, make the accident of 
not even packing warm enough so they actually show up in shorts and tank tops when it's like 20 to 30 degrees outside it's crazy so the lord says that he purposely sent foreigners um really in reality these foreigners are people who aren't from new york city they're from all over the nation but really largely from texas or he says that he purposely sent foreigners or these pastors in New York City on purpose so that they would stand out to the churches here and that the churches would notice them, that they would listen to them. And it's a an absolutely astonishing thing. It truly is. I bet if you if you were to call up any one of these pastors or evangelists that you know of here in New York City and you ask them, hey, you know anybody that has uh, come there recently from Texas? I bet you that they can point out at least one or two people, if not them themselves. So over the course of the past few years, I have been having these dreams and and these the last three to four years, I've been getting these dreams and these visions of a severe earthquake, which has which hits Manhattan. And at the time when I was getting these dreams, I didn't know at the time that it was actually the a vision of the future of what I was seeing. I just took it as a bad dream. But over time, when I began to grow in my prophetic calling and my gifting, and I started getting words and things. And when this word was given to me, I suddenly realized that these weren't just any dreams, that these were actually, in fact, rather uh, truth, that this was a vision of what was to come. So I I have had two dreams, uh, at least specifically, and you can actually go on our Facebook page of Tribe of Christians, where I actually posted, uh, reshared that these dreams of which I had, one I posted in November of 2017 and another one where I posted in April of 2017 where um, I believe there was an earthquake that happened. And uh, in one of the dreams, the first dream I had, I saw the Statue of Liberty. And it was interesting because it was like a storm cloud completely surrounded in a storm cloud. And, and, it, and it appeared that the Statue of Liberty had actually have was brought down and then later on further into that dream i don't know exactly which part of new york city i was in but it was uh somewhere in Times square i was actually in the subways and i saw the subways collapsing and then i kind of had a glimpse of what was happening above and there were buildings that collapsed many many buildings collapsed and the ground was shook and uh, the ground was broke open and a lot of people were buried underneath rubble and all kinds of stuff. And and it was, it was a complete panic and chaotic situation. People were extremely afraid. A lot of people died. And so I believe that these, you know, and I've had two of these dreams and they've happened the same way every time. And so I believe that a severe earthquake is going to definitely hit in Manhattan, New York City. I don't know how far the earthquake is going to extend. I don't know the magnitude of the earthquake, but I do know that it's definitely coming and it's definitely going to hit. And it's possibly going to be followed by a severe tsunami. Uh, tsunami. And it's going to completely wipe out the city because of the level of sin, which has reached to a complete boiling point. And, you know, so w once I had these dreams and this word came, I actually did some research on this. I wanted to know if this really could possibly be true. So I did some research on earthquakes in New York City on, you know, what the history would be like in the area and come to find out that there is actually several, um, at least nine major 
major fault lines that run right down through uh, Manhattan and through Central Park in Times Square. So according to documented evidence, seismologists uh, here in New York City have um, signified that they there have been significant major earthquakes about every 100 years or so. Of uh, the last, um, they have the at least uh, earthquakes happening every hundred years or so, and hitting of at least a five or six point oh magnitude earthquake. In one of the articles I read, the scientists warned that New York City is long overdue for a significant earthquake that has been, um, which it's been at least 150 years since the last one has happened. So I also did some other research to see if anybody else is seeing or hearing the same thing because, you know, the word of God tells us that God does not do anything without revealing it to his prophets first. So I uh, did further Google and YouTube research and things like that on the prophetic dreams and visions of New York City and what people are having and speaking about. Because, you know, I believe that there's a witness. God will give the same word to several people or many people, you know. So, and behold, there were pages of pages of hundreds of people claiming to see, to have visions and dreams of earthquakes and a tsunami hitting New York City. I mean, just, it's crazy. You can do the research yourself. You can Google this and look it up and go into YouTube and look and listen to these people and research into the accounts. And a lot of these people had these dreams back in 2015, 16, even 2017. So there is no doubt in my mind that this word is not only true, but also completely accurate in that it's going to come to pass within one year. Within one year, the Lord showed me that these events are going to take place. Not five or ten years down the road, but within one year. And just two weeks ago, I think about two weeks ago, Amazon, this is something interesting. This was also assigned to me. Amazon was going to build a second global headquarters right here in New York City, in Long Island City, which is in Queens. But apparently they changed their mind. You know, uh, I don't believe this was a coincidence either. You know, it's on the news too. It was a big thing that Amazon had completely changed their mind about relocating their headquarters here. It was a big thing. A lot of uh, people went on to blame that it was politics, but I don't believe it was politics, and I definitely don't believe this was a coincidence either. I believe that Amazon, in a way, sensed that something is very wrong here in New York and chose very wisely not to point in a place where such division, wickedness, and evil is taking place. They sense it, and I believe something told them, hey, we're, we don't want to be here. And I, th I think that they also sense that something is coming. You know, this was another sign to me that many of us, uh, many sign, this was a sign to many of us that judgment has fallen on New York. How we really need to pray for the churches in New York. How we need to pray that they will turn and heed the word of the Lord. We need to pray for the repentance of this city. And we need to pray for those who remain from the devastation and we'll see and understand what happens and that they'll know that it was from the Lord God and that they won't return back to their sinful and wicked ways. You know, Jesus warns us in Matthew 24 that in the last days, it will be like in the times of Noah and in Sodom and Gomorrah. We're already seeing these events that are happening right now. And Jesus' words have proven to be true time and time again. If you have family members in New York area, please reach out to them. 
please encourage them with this word because I believe that many, many people, many true believing Christians are fleeing out of the area, that they're getting word and they're leaving as we speak. They know that something terrible is about to happen. And I pray that those who truly know the Lord recognize these signs and they flee for what is about to occur. In my dream, this city was completely shaken so bad that all of its buildings collapsed, the subways collapsed, the city was completely unrecognizable. It was over 10 times worse than anything like 9-11 and how dreadful it's going to be. But there is hope. People around the world and around our great nation will see this as a sign from the Lord. They won't mourn over what happened like they did in 9-11. It's going to be like the shot that echoed around the world that started the Revolutionary War. It's going to be such a huge sign that God's people will start uniting. They will be in faith and in prayer, knowing and believing in the Lord that His words are true. Every single word and every letter are reverent by Him, all of them. Just as each person who believes and trusts in Him, He reverence and holds each of us dear to Him. In our most darkest times is when God's light shines the brightest. We carry a light of the word in us through Jesus. Each of us believe in him. Don't fail to act on that calling he gave you. Don't fail to act on that word or truth he spoke to you. Don't fail to believe in his great love for your life because it could be that very thing said or done in faith that can inspire the faith in someone else to save them and inspire them to live in truth, for them to turn from sin and be saved in Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for your word and for your son Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. And oh Lord, I thank you for each listener today who's listening to this message. Lord, I pray that you watch over and fulfill your words to us. You fulfill your promises to us and deliver and save us from evil, oh Lord. I ask that you move upon your people, O Jesus, and let faith arise. I ask for courage, for boldness, and even for miracles that your people may believe, that they may hear and turn away from their sin and be saved. I thank you for hearing me, O Lord, and I thank you for always being with me. In Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Now, you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to get more great messages and help us spread the gospel message. This concludes this podcast episode. I am the Chief Sinner with the Tribe of Christians podcast. May God bless you and continue to be with you always.